Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hi, this is Janine, host of the Olive Magazine podcast. Every week on the podcast, we welcome guests from the world of food and drink to share their stories. Recently, we've been learning about the magic of sourdough from bread expert Vanessa Kimball, chatting to revolutionary chef Josh Nyland, who practices fish butchery, and getting recommendations for the best places to eat and drink in Andalucía from Spanish cooking legend Jose Pizarro. There are over 180 episodes of the Olive Magazine podcast to discover, so come and find us on your favourite podcast platform. Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food Favourite Recipes podcast with me, Miriam Nice. Don't worry, Tom Kerridge will be back in the podcast chair in March, but until then, I'll be your host of this bonus eight-episode series all about our favourite recipes. I'll be talking to Good Food's team of experts and, most importantly, hearing from you. What recipe do you make over and over again? In our final episode, before we hand back to Tom Kerridge, we'll be talking about one of our most popular recipes on bbcgoodfood.com. In the last six months, it's had 3.7 million page views. But what could it be? Roast dinner, Victoria sandwich, poached egg? Believe it or not, it really is chilli con carne. To answer your questions and talk chilli, I'm joined again by food editor Anna. Hello. Editor Keith. Hello. And fielder of your queries, Nadia. Hi. There are loads of ways you can get in touch with us at BBC Good Food. And Nadia, one last time for this series, what chilli con carne questions have we been asked? So the first question is from Miss BioGeek, and she would like to know what alternative meats to mince there are. She says she's used brisket before, but are there any other ideas for cheap eats? Um, I think mince is a great um, is a great meat to use if you cook it for long enough. About two hours, that really, really changes the texture. It doesn't become chewy. However, I do prefer uh, a tougher cut. Um, brisket is great, but I made uh, made a chili at the weekend with beef cheeks. Now, these, these muscles get a lot of work in the animal. Um, there's a lot of collagen, which is connective tissue, in the in the flesh and that breaks down after slow cooking and it makes a really thick unctuous stew and gives uh, the the, uh, the the dish a lot of flavor um if you're looking for a cheaper alternative i'd say possibly even no meat at all so you could use loads of vegetables that you've got left over in your fridge or um you can use corn or another sort of uh mince based uh, uh ingredient but actually, like braising steak, stewing steak is uh, is relatively cheap and it's quite easy to get hold of. Um, but I'd say probably the cheapest is mince, mince meat. Um, it's so readily available and you can sort of uh, buy it in big quantities. And so you can make a large portion, which will end up being thrifty if you put it in the freezer. You could also make a really good base with the mince and then, and then use that to make bolognese as well as a chilli in different batches. Yeah. So, Anna, you've already touched on this, but Keith, how do you think that you could make a chili con carne vegetarian? That's from V Lives Here. Well, you can't because it's called chili con carne. Okay, what about a chili non carne? Oh, I like it. Chili, chili <laughs> con actually, not carne. We have that on the on the website, I think. But <laughs> So I can't take credit for that. But yeah, chili non carne, how would you do it? Chili non carne, well, you could use squash, you could use potatoes, you could use any vegetables that have got a great absorption uh, factor for the uh, for the spices uh, and for the other ingredients that, 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 that go in there. Anna, any other tips to add? 
Um, so for a vegetarian alternative, squash is really good um, or even sweet potato. Because I think, um, as Keith uh, mentioned before, mince actually to make a really, really good chili con carne needs about two hours cooking time. So for a vegetarian one, you'd only need to cook it for about half an hour, 40 minutes. Um, another alternative to sort of bump the protein is to add quinoa. Um, it's sort of, it absorbs in the spices and in the tomato sort of sauce and it creates a really nice texture. Not too dissimilar from mint, so it's kind of like, um, a, it, it makes it, it thickens it and you get a really nice texture and a little pop from the quinoa. So uh, it's a really nice alternative if you wanted to add that. And leading on from that, Dreadlock Kitchen wants to know, how do you achieve a smoky flavour in a veggie chilli? Um, I think... Uh, a straightforward answer could be any like smoked spices, so smoked paprika or smoked chilies. You can buy smoked whole chilies quite readily um, now or online. Um, you can buy whole smoked chipotles or ancho chilies, which you sort of simmer in the sauce and they release their smokiness. Uh, there's also a product available which is called liquid smoke. It can taste a little bit synthetic, but just a few drops of that towards the end of cooking can uh, can give you that smoky feel. Uh, and I've also got under my desk, which I haven't actually used yet, but it's a smoking gun and a cloche. Now, that's not a murder mystery, um, but you could make your chilli and then put the cloche over it and put the smoking gun into there and then uh, infuse the chilli uh, at, at the end just before serving. It'd make a nice big dramatic centrepiece at the end. Uh, but you could also use smoked cheddar to uh, to grate onto the chilli. That's a nice idea, yeah. yeah. Um, if, if you wanted to make a really smoky veggie chilli, I think uh, Rosie Burkett's done a really nice chilli on bbcgoodfood.com. She roasts them or grills them until they're really, really soft and charred and that gives a really lovely smokiness. And then she stirs that through with the black beans and it creates a really lovely smoky char, charred flavour. I, I also like, we, we do have, I think we've got 39 recipes for chilli on uh, bbcgoodfood.com and there's, there's some really, really nice variations in there. But there's also roasted coffee uh, espresso coffee and that gives you nice toasty really really full rich umami that's the savouriness flavour um, running throughout it Hayley Grice asked is adding malt vinegar just before eating it normal looking at you husband what do you guys oh Anna's got a uh, concerned face M- malt vinegar in the at the end of cooking yeah just before oh. just before did you just eating call me it. husband <laughs> oh well uh, <laughs> debate with her husband, <laughs> I'm a bit scared that we should be get involved in this argument or not <laughs> Um, it's a big I, moment. I haven't heard that before. I've heard of adding vinegar to a marinade. So sort of like a vindaloo is traditionally the meat is marinated in a vinegar to sort of um, soften it and to get loads of flavours penetrating into the meat. But at the end, I guess that's just going to add sharpness, which I love vinegar. So I'm kind of like, maybe that could work. I quite like where where they're going with that. Yeah, I mean, I think... Because it's it's common to add lime juice at the end of a chilli that brightens it up because it's very very rich. It's a very kind of unctuous dish, very comforting dish. So we we uh, we can add uh, lime zest and lime juice. So I suppose the vinegar could do that. Yeah. Having said that, I would still use vinegar as a marinade to tenderise the meat. Uh, a Japanese black vinegar um, is a fantastic tenderizer. So I'm not so sure about this. The jury's out, but I'm going to give it a go. 
Well, Hayley, I'm not sure if that's the answer that you wanted, but you got an answer. Um, M underscore AFC asks, cheese on top, yes or no? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, but I would also, I think a great accompaniment for chilli um, is, is cheese on toast. So you can have chilli on a baked potato, you can have chilli with rice, but a nice slice of sourdough with grilled cheese on top with some drops of uh, of, of Worcestershire sauce and crunch onto that while you're uh, you know, you're you're shoveling the chili into your mouth. It's it's about as good as it gets. Well, cheese we, on toast as a side. That's great. <laughs> Paying a wonderful picture. <laughs> we used to serve it with garlic bread when I was younger. Garlic bread. Yeah. Yeah. Chili, chili con garlic. Garlic, Ga- garlic bread. bread. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why. I no, I, I yeah. Like I'm with you on that. In on bonfire night or something, mm. you'd have like a, a big bowl of chilli con carne with a slice of garlic bread yeah. maybe you just add cheese to that we're on to a winner you add cheese to everything it's yeah. just going to work isn't it yeah come to think of it that was a silly question to ask Keith because <laughs> would he ever say no um, and the last question from L Nicholson leftover ideas and what accompaniment other than rice garlic bread <laughs> <laughs> um, cheese on toast <laughs> yeah uh, so with the leftovers chilli con carne is a great sort of um freezer filler so if you, you can make a big batch uh, divide it up into portions and put it in the freezer so if you've got any leftover that's sort of where I'm first putting it but then if you wanted to use it up you didn't have space in your freezer or whatever jacket potatoes are a really good um, way to sort of make it a bit different if you're having it with rice the night before um, you could put it in burritos, you could put it in tacos, uh, enchiladas, anything sort of that you want comforting, mushiness in the middle, like um, and something spicy. I think, yeah, there's the possibilities endless. I've just had an idea, Anna. So take a baked potato, cut it in half, scoop out the potato and then put chilli, leftover chilli inside put them back together, put them back in the oven, and then you've got a nice sort of egg to carry around with you. Munch on it whenever you like. I mean, yeah, why not? I was thinking, I thought you were going to say, you know, loaded jacket potato skins, that would be an idea with cheese on top. That That's be... exactly what I meant to say, but uh, I kind of got confused. <laughs> I lost track along the way. With this car- carryable egg. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all from the audience. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Nadia. Are you a chili con carne fan, Nadia? I am, yeah. Yeah? Definitely. Love a it. chili con carne or a chili con not carne? Con not carne. That's con a bit of a carne. tongue twister. Uh, no, I'm I'm all for the carne. Yeah. Keith, as you mentioned, we've got loads of chili con carne recipes on bbcgoodfood.com, but the one we're talking about today is extremely popular. Keith, why do you think it is such a popular dish? I think it reminds me of the, the chili con carne recipe that we grew up with. I think it's got all those elements to it. It's got the mince, it's got the chilies, it's got the tomatoes. Um, it's very, very easy to assemble. It's, 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 it's just slow cook, leave it alone and then come back to it. All the ingredients are really, really easy to get. They're almost already in your cupboard or they're already on your shopping list. It's just things like um, ground cumin, beef stock cubes, things that you would be cooking with or you would have anyway. And so it's sort of one of those things where you do a mental checklist and you think, oh, I've got all of those things. Perfect. That's exactly what I fancy. And it's not it's not hard as well. Um, it's one of those dishes that you go back to, you know, you, you can just do it off the top of your head. It's very cheap as well, isn't it? As you say, there's a lot of store cupboard ingredients there. Um, and all you really need to, to supplement it with is, is probably the, the meat itself. 
Yeah. Unlike one recipe I read online, I think it was a, an old Heston Blumenthal recipe where it had 19 to 20 steps. There were 10 different chilies. The ingredients cost about £140 and it took two to three days to make. I gave it a go once a few years ago and uh, and it did taste really nice, but but it wasn't actually worth the effort, the reward that you get from something as simple as the one that we have on bbcgoodfood.com. Any other ideas instead of using beef mince, Keith? Uh, venison's uh, great, very robust meat, uh, especially from the haunch. Um, it's got a, a lot of um, a lot of collagen there, a lot of connective tissue. It breaks down beautifully. It really, really stands up against the uh, against the robust um, spices. Actually, Tom Kerridge has a really good recipe on bbcgoodfood.com for a venison chilli con carne, but he makes it even better by putting it into a cottage pie. Actually, I think he cooks the mince down first to get a really, really deep, savoury sort of he, almost... It, it's almost genius what he does. He kind of, he, he cooks it, he cooks the mince down and down and down. It's like he's really frying it until it goes really brown and you get all that umami because the... the uh, the sugars are the starches are sh- turning to sugars, mm. or is it? Vice Don't know versa? about that. I think the, the water is the water's evaporated that leaves the really concentrated flavour, and then the the natural um, flavours are caramelising. Caramelising. There that's you go. The word. <laughs> yeah. And once you've mastered this one, are there any adjustments you'd make to sort of bring the changes, Anna? Um, I definitely try this one first and then see what you want to change about it. So if you don't like the texture of mints, then start considering chunks of braising steak or like Keith was saying, um, beef cheeks are really sort of, they're cheap cheap now and they're sort of really delicious when they're slow cooked. But then also start considering different types of chilies. So traditionally in in the in the UK, we would normally just use chili powder, but there are so many different types of chilies available now. You could start experimenting with smoked chilies, uh, chipotle chili flakes, anything that you sort of have that you really like the flavour of, and then also start experimenting with different types of beans. So if you're a bean fan, then um, you could use a different mixture of beans or um, flavouring the, bef- the beans before they go in, that sort of thing. So there's a few elements that you can you can uh, adapt. Great. Any ideas for adjustments? Um, can I can I raise the subjects of beans? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. I could do whatever I like. Well, not really, but yeah, you, <laughs> you may discuss beans at this point. Yeah, because a, a, a traditional chili comes from the origins are in texas um and uh the original didn't have beans and so there is a no beans versus beans big debate in that community um personally i think having beans in them in a chili is great in fact in the chili that i've cooked and brought today i've got kidney beans and black beans I think they do uh, lend different textures to it rather than just here's lots of meat to get through. I love beans. I make a big pot at the weekend and then I eat them throughout the week. 
but there is one specific bean that I cannot get on board with and that's a kidney bean and that is the traditional bean in a chili con carne I think they're leathery and flowery at the same time and I just really can't get on board with them sorry if anyone really likes them so you always sub them out for something else yeah so I really like bolotti beans pinto beans uh, and I also have some black beans here for us to try Um, I think they're creamier the texture's nicer um, for the for a chili and they don't have that leathery jacket that I find very displeasing when I'm eating chili con carne. I wonder why kidney beans were introduced in the first place if they they're so despicable as you're um, you're making out. Well, obviously, I'm not the only person that hates them, but I'm obviously not the only person that An unusual person. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. So just, this seems to be a recipe as well that's well suited to um, convenience and perhaps to a slow cooker. I know it's really popular to convert recipes into slow cooker recipes. How would you make this dish in a a slow cooker? Um, I think it's really easy. I love making chilies and bolognese and sort of mince um, one pot dishes in a slow cooker. The thing that I would do is possibly fry the vegetables and then transfer them to the slow cooker, which adds the caramelization, which sort of gets you get the depth of flavor. You don't have to. You don't. It's not, you know, it won't just ruin the dish if you don't do that. But I do think you get an added flavor. And also I would reduce the liquid a little bit because obviously you've got the lid on. You you get a lot more evaporation if you do it on the hob. So I just reduce the the stock a little bit. and you'd cook it for six to eight hours um, following the recipe. You know, just follow the steps, but obviously add everything into the slow cooker. I've got a bit of a confession about this because uh, I've got three kids and uh, and they love they love chilli, they love chilli con carne. But when they were little, I used to um, make it in slow cooker, but with a jar sauce, shop-bought sauce, poured in, mixed in. Like a tomato sauce? Yeah, and, you know leading brand kind of sauce uh, but they loved it now I don't know if they loved it because of the you know there's more sugar and salt in those sauces it was very very convenient but where do you stand on using jarred sauces as a shortcut for these uh, for a dish like this I don't think I can understand why people would do it totally but for me I if you have a well-stocked store cupboard I don't see the shortcut because if you have chin- t- chopped tomatoes if you have a few spices you can make that easily, but also you can make it your own. You can add as much salt as your family wants, as much sugar. You can add as much heat as you want. I feel like jarred sauces, although it is quicker to just tip it in, you don't get the same um, feel for it. You know, you can't, you don't get the same personality. You don't have the, same, don't have the control either, as like you say, you know, over the sugar and the salt and the yeah. veg and the fresh stuff. You know, you get... You, uh, Chili con carne is a great way to hide veg in there for kids, for fussy eaters as well. You can finely chop carrots. You can finely chop broccoli stalks, and it, it doesn't it doesn't take away from the flavour. You know, children really enjoy it. And there's something I was going to ask you about the recipe was just that it uses beef stock, margarine, and a square of dark chocolate. Are they particularly common in chili con carne? Usually, um, I'm. I think beef stock, yes, if you're sort of using beef mince, it enhances that richness and the beefy flavour. But marjoram, like if you didn't have it, you could substitute it for another dried herb like oregano if you wanted to. Um, but 
chocolate is something that a few years ago, no no one did it when I was growing up, you know, I'd, or when I was um, the start of my career, no one really put chocolate in. It, I think it's something that's been adapted from mole because yeah. I think coke cocoa is added or chocolate is added to mole and it does add a really nice richness and bitterness and sort of makes it a really nice texture it gives a smoothness to the to the sauce um and i think once you do it you you don't really do it you you always do it once you try it you then automatically associate that flavour with chilli con carne. Because it doesn't really taste like a chocolate sauce, it just adds that extra. Yeah, it's sort of, um, it makes it have a little bit more of an authentic feel, so it doesn't just taste like a spicy bolognese, which sometimes, you know, if you're, it could potentially do if you didn't get the um, spices right. Uh, so I think chocolate is a really nice thing to add. Yeah, you can get a bar of chilli and chocolate now, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah so. it's a good. it's a good combination. So, Anna, what is mole for anyone who doesn't know? It's a Mexican sauce that's made out of roasted chilies and either cocoa or chocolate and ground nuts, and it's simmered for a really, really long time. Um, so it gets sort of really nice, sweet, bitter notes. Um, it typically consists of lots of dried chilies that have been rehydrated and ground nuts. And it's simmered over a pot for hours and hours and hours. And what dries to the sides of the dish are then scraped back into the back into the pot. So it gives it a really lovely dark, rich colour. But it's almost like it's a very it's like bolognese. You know, it's one of those things that every family has its own secret recipe. But you would typically have it um, over over dishes as like a sauce. Maybe we could do a mashup with one of our previous podcasts and have toady and moly. <laughs> In the recipe you mentioned it uses chilli powder. What kind of chilli powder do you like to use? Um, I like to use hot chilli powder because I quite like spicy food. Um, but you could use dr- whole dried chilies as well, like ancho or chipotle. And to get a really, really smoky flavour to it, you could toast them in a dry frying pan or even toast the powder, chilli powder, um, for a few minutes just to get till it starts um, smelling fragrant. And that'll give it an extra element. Do you put the whole chilli, if you're using dried chilli, would you put the whole thing in or would you need to grind it first? I'd put the whole thing in uh, and then so it would almost rehydrate in the sauce and then finally chop it and stir it back through. If you if you don't want it that spicy, I'd halve it and remove the seeds before. Great. Keith, what about you? Uh, I prefer to use whole dried chilies. Um, they've got different flavour profiles. For example, the ancho chilli is quite fruity. It's a big thing. Toast that, take it out, grind, uh, remove the remove the seeds because they're incredibly hot. Grind that into in a in a coffee grinder, and then put it back into the uh, into the mix according to your um, your um, tolerance levels of heat. But don't use the coffee grinder for coffee afterwards. Unless you want spicy coffee. <laughs> Fortunately, I don't like coffee, so that's all it's for. <laughs> Brilliant. Still to come on the podcast. Bit of a bonus question. I put hashtag chili con carne into social media and I looked at some of the toppings and I want to know how you feel about them. Right, so quick fire, yes or no? Okay. Spring onions? No. No. Rosemary? No. no. Cress? No. Cress? Cress on everything. Cress? Yeah, cress. What kind of cress? Salad cress. cress. Well, that stuff you grow on your windowsill. Why would you put that on chilli? I don't know. I don't make the rules. Although I would do it. All right, let's talk about chili con carne um, in a bit more general terms now. Anna, we and we were just discussing beans, and you have brought some beans I have. with you because I tend to use 
tin beans in a lot of the recipe and because I find it more convenient but you told me that you almost exclusively use dried that you I do. cook yourself so um putting me to shame a lot of time <laughs> on the hands I do I do I will use tinned beans but if I am going to cook a chili con carne on the hob for two hours then I almost feel like well I might as well have a pot of simmering beans alongside it cooking for just about the same amount of time uh, and then to stir them in so um, I think they they are a lot creamier when you cook them yourself and they have less of a leathery skin. So I've got some uh, that I've cooked myself for mm. two hours last night with a few extra... So we're looking at two pots of beans here. And these are black beans. They are. Because you don't like kidney beans. No, exactly. I couldn't <laughs> bring myself to cook them. <laughs> and then these... So I've got um, jar t- tinned and I've got... Um, cooked on the hob from dried so you have to try them and tell me which one you think is which well you just pointed to the oh well I'm going to try and see if I can tell okay so it could be either so texturally well to look at them they actually look quite similar they look exactly the same Nadia do you want to try but maybe it's just because I'm very fussy with my beans is there a bit more flavour in the other Oh, no. yeah. These are quite uh, the ones on the left. The second ones we tried are quite uh, mushy textured to me. Um, the first ones are quite they're quite firm. They're more um, more more rounded, more of a more of a uh, al dente. Which is which? So these ones, the the more the the more cooked ones are tinned, oh. um, and you can I almost can tell just by looking at them because their skins are falling off. Uh, whereas the ones that I've cooked, they're in, they're completely whole. How long did you soak these? So for? I so- soaked these for four four hours before I cooked them for about an hour and a half, two hours. And do but, you add, do you add anything in like baking powder so, or anything like that? No. So I've added uh, half a lemon just into the stock pot and some bay leaves and no salt because it'll firm the skins up. But these so they're a little bit um al dente as you say because they're gonna cook for a little bit longer in the chili. You- and yeah and they'll absorb loads of flavour. But I like adding those additional flavours to the stock pot because it gives the chili another element. Whereas these I feel like because they're already overcooked a little bit. You know they're still absolutely fine. They're breaking but, down yeah, yeah, yeah. Um you can't get that flavour in. I'm really annoyed because I thought I'd taste no difference, but they are actually different if you cook them yourself. So I'm quite, I'm quite cross. I'm going to have to like cook my beans properly now. Do um, tin beans come in brine or is it just, um, just, just water? Um, it, they come in water. It's just the natural starch that comes, so you comes off them. them. Okay. Yeah, and if you, you, you can salt them afterwards, but not in the stock pot because it, it will, will absorb and probably toughen the, it toughen does. the bean. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, chili con carne is perhaps one of those dishes that can be one of the first things we learn to cook for ourselves. Keith, what was the first thing you learned to cook well? Um, we're going back a few years, but it was a it was a stir fry uh, from Ken Holm's first cookbook, and I remember that it was um, chicken and hoisin sauce. But what struck me about it and made it different was that you had to velvet the chicken in corn flour and uh, and rice wine and soy sauce and some uh, and some sesame oil, which protected the chicken when it was stir fried. And I just thought that was a revelation because it was really really tender. So I cooked a lot of stir fries um, 
and I was living on my own. So it was a very, very handy thing to do. To velvet things, so you dipped it in those things and then... So you make a little, um, a little. it's not really a paste, but it's a, it's a loose paste with a, um, a teaspoon of corn flour, the, a teaspoon of Shaoxing rice wine, a teaspoon of dark... Uh, soy sauce, mix those together, a couple of drops of sesame oil, then you put your chicken in there and that coats it. And then you swirl the wok with some uh, oil, flavourless oil, stir fry your chicken pieces, take those out, to put to one side, then stir fry your, your veg till they're crunchy, then add your chicken back in and then add whatever sauces uh, you, uh, you want to add to it. Great. know what was the first thing you cooked? When I first started being introduced to the kitchen, my job was gravy. I was on gravy duty. So as every, you know, there's a bit of a panic when everything is, um, when everything is cooked, when you're about to serve a roast dinner. So my dad would say, right, you, you're on gravy duty. Well, I carve the meat and when I put everything to the table. So I used to have a little um, stool that I'd stand on and I'd be whisking the, the gravy. And I think that was when I was really interested when I started to get really interested in cooking because I would really, really like make sure that it was the most, the best gravy because they'd spent so long making this beautiful roast dinner that I needed to, the gravy to be perfect alongside it. And um, so when I'd perfect, perfected that, then I went on to bolognese. And I think that's a really, really, it's a great thing to learn how to cook, especially if you're going off um, to, to university or if you're you know, leaving home and you, you, you want to, uh, teach your kids how to do something that's quite universal because there's so much you can make with it. Uh, you can make lasagnas or, you know, once you've got that base dish, you can pretty much do do loads with it. So um, the second thing was definitely bolognese, um, which, you know, mince meat is an incredibly versatile thing uh, and it's easy to use as well. So... And I never grew up in a cooking family. My mum had three jobs, so she couldn't really cook. And I, I remember thinking, I have to learn to cook one day because it can't be as grim as this around the no. dinner table. For Sunday lunch, we would have, would have a whole cow's heart. And it was just, it stood there as if it was threatening us. Me and my three brothers sat around the table and we just thought, what are we supposed to do with this? It was the texture of shoe leather, and we would carve pieces off and feed our dog under the table. He had the glossiest, shiniest coat you've <laughs> ever seen because of all the iron. But after that, I thought, I've got to learn to cook when I, uh, when I leave home, and, uh, and here I am. <laughs> Amazing story. Now, dear, what was the first thing you learned to cook for yourself? Uh, chicken fajitas was the first thing, and it's still my go-to now. It's just so easy and quick. And I don't even need a recipe for it. I just know it from my head. That's Amazing cool. stuff. Really cool. Do you use your own fajita mix or do you use Oh, no, packet? I use spices and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the only thing I judge people for when they buy the box mix because it's so easy. Yeah, I have. I make a big batch of the seasoning um, and keep it in the cupboard. It's great. So it's just as easy as tipping it out midweek. Uh, you can sprinkle it over like roast chicken which is really nice if you've got some left over that's such a good idea yeah. i need to get the recipe later <laughs> what's in that um so it's i i use uh garlic granules uh ground cumin smoked paprika and dried oregano and then season with uh, salt and pepper and a lot of them have sugar in but i prefer not to i put think it that's in. a great tip making up batches of yeah. Of spices, you could do it with, uh, say, fried chicken spices as well, couldn't you? Yeah, you know, totally. Instead of starting everything from scratch all the time. Yeah. 
bit of a bonus question. I put hashtag chili con carne into social media and quite a few pictures came up and I looked at some of the toppings and I want to know how you feel about them. Right, so quick fire, yes or no? Okay. Spring onions? No. no. Rosemary? No. no. <laughs> avocado slices? Yeah. Uh, no, not for me. I don't like avocado. Cherry tomatoes? No. no. Chips? What? Oh, but you could use like a poutine. You could actually yeah, use chips as a, as your as your your base, and then just pour over the chili sauce onto. That's it. the logical way around. But they're putting the chips on top of There's the chili. Just a few on top. It looked quite fun. Actually. Well, a little kind of <laughs> just a few chips on the like, top. Well, like matchstick. Like okay. a um, garnish of chips. Yeah. I'm thinking like chippy chips, like stuck in it. <laughs> Though that would be brilliant. Uh, fried egg. No. No chance. No. Feta. Feta cheese. Mm, no. Keith, you just said no to cheese. Uh, well, it's not a melter, is it? I think uh, I think you need a melting cheese that would go with um, with chili. I think I could get on board with a bit of feta. It's like a queso fresco. As, uh, yeah. as our colleague Anna says, everything's better with feta. Yeah, it an is. excellent rhyme. Cress. No. Cress. Yeah, cress on everything. Cress. Yeah. Cress. What kind of cress? Water cress. Salad cress. Well, that stuff you grow on your windowsill. Yeah. Why would you put that on chili? I don't know. I don't make the rules. Although I would do it. Brilliant. And what would you serve, um, before I get in a fight with Keith about Cress, what would you serve chili con carne with? Other than rice. Uh, and I'd... cheese on toast. <laughs> um, I, 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 I finely slice uh, green chilies and red chilies give you a bit of uh, g- colour there. Uh, add even more punch. As I said before, uh, grated lime zest really kind of lifts the, um, cuts through all that... Um, uh, that richness, um, sour cream definitely, bowl of uh, grated cheddar definitely, um, chips definitely, jacket uh, potato, jacket potato inside a jacket potato, uh, like some steamed um, quinoa or something would be really nice with it, or some wild rice. What or... have you got against quinoa? <laughs> I don't really understand what it is. Oh, it's fantastic. What is it? It's a seed. How do you spell it? Uh, K? No, e? <laughs> it's a Q-U. E? Well. Yeah, uh, a lot of people say quinoa. <laughs> I used to say quinoa, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's absolutely amazing in the chilli, but also if you're doing a meat version alongside. And now I'm going to ask you some scenarios, and I love these. <laughs> I'm going to see which of these situations you think it would be suitable to serve chilli con carne in. Okay? So, tonight... Yes, definitely, because I made a batch at the weekend, especially for this occasion. <laughs> hmm. um, I would make a veggie chili, yeah, but I don't have, I wouldn't have the time to make a. You don't need the explanation, do you? You just want quick fire, yes, no. <laughs> I don't mind. I love, I love the story. Um, movie night with friends or family. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Dinner for two. Yeah. Yep, going to be doing that tonight with a big hunk of um, sourdough, which I'll toast and put cheese bit on. Bit cheese on it, yeah, yep, brilliant. <laughs> a bring and share meal. Yes. Oh, Anna's mm. looking confused. They very they confuse me quite a lot unless there's a theme. Because okay. if everyone else brought like Indian dishes, then it would be a bit out of out of place. Or but, if everyone um, else brought chili. Yeah, exactly. Somebody and turns no up rice. sour sour cream and somebody comes up with a grated cheese and somebody's got the chopped jalapenos. That'd be great. And a smart dinner party. No. No, a bit too uh, bit too sloppy, a bit too spicy. I think that's one of the things, isn't it? It you know, it can be too spicy for some people, so you've got to be careful when you're um when you're when you're adding in your different chilies. Some people are um a bit sensitive to very hot food. 
I think that's when the toppings come in. You know, we were saying about the cheese. I really like serving it with sour cream to cut cool through to the yeah. chili, but also serving it with a little bowl of extra chili flakes or fresh chili sliced and avocado as well. So it's sort of like a mix and match. Everyone makes their build your own and everyone can have it the way that they want to. Brilliant. And the last one I'm going to answer, and it's uh, straight after this podcast, and I'm going to say yes, because you've brought some with you, Keith, which looks absolutely amazing. So I'm very excited to eat that now. And I think it's all we've really got time for. And it, that's it for from us for the Favourite Recipes podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, the next episode will be with Tom Kerridge. So I hope you've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, bye. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the BBC Good Food Favourite Recipes podcast. Join us again next time when we'll be discussing more of your favourite recipes. If you want to cook along to the podcast, go to bbcgoodfood.com slash feature slash podcasts. Like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or Acast to make sure you never miss an episode. See you next time.